The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. now in the underdog sports fantasy hour i am josh dunn i am joined again by anchu kana anchu how are you feeling today we're recording on a day on veterans day big shout out to all of our veterans who have served this country but uh how are you my friend yes absolutely echo those sentiments i'm doing pretty well it's a little bit of a different timing you're right but uh why not let's shoot it let's go for it i feel like uh you know it's it's a weird week this week for sure yeah, weird week and uh, kind of a weird week in the NFL this past weekend. Um, some weird finishes. We'll touch on the big storylines, and then obviously we will get to our preview of everything coming up in Week 10 and look at BovadaSportsBook.com for all their lines to decide kind of who we're going with, and we'll touch on fantasy throughout. But on you, I wanted to start with uh, some of the big storylines from last week. Uh, I think one of the key ones, this was a game that we were all looking forward to. It was Bill's Seahawks. Um, I, I was surprised to see, I mean, I know the Seahawks defense is bad. Uh, they did have Dunlap in this game after the trade with the Bengals and he actually looked okay. I think he had a sack and a few, I think three tackles for loss as well. Uh, so he, he looked good, but the secondary looks bad. I mean, Jamal Adams comes back in this game and they still just could not do anything to stop the Bills offensive attack, especially through the air with Josh Allen, who passed for over 400 yards. I'm I mean, the Bills have proven me now that they're for real. And the Seahawks, I'm starting to kind of waver from my my thoughts of the Seahawks being a Super Bowl contender. So I wanted to get your thoughts on those two storylines. Yeah, I totally agree with both those. I mean, especially the latter. Like, I, I mean, I think that it's easy to get caught up in what we talk about here every week, the fantasy side. Everyone's, you know, enamored with points and, you know, with, with the type of season Russell Wilson's having and for good reason. But man, like at some point we got to look at this Seahawks team and realize this is not a Super Bowl caliber defense, at least not halfway through the season. And that's important to keep in mind. Obviously, it's only halfway through, but like right on down the line, they've given up tons of points to everybody. 25 to the Falcons, 30 to the Patriots, 31 to the Cowboys, you know, 23 to the Dolphins with Fitzpatrick, 26 to the Vikings, 34 to the Cardinals, 27 to the Niners, who are horrible, and then obviously 44 to the Bills. So, like, it's it's ugly. And I, I just, you know, I, you know, like, again, Wilson's having a great year, but he wasn't great in this game either. I'm kind of fading the Seahawks right now as even – I mean, they're obviously a contender, but they need to get their stuff together quickly. I would rank them – I don't know, like three or four in the NFC right now. What do you think? At best, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I and I don't, I don't know, you know, if they can can stay at, at that level with the defense mm-hmm. this bad. And 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 obviously, you know, I, I I don't think the the Bills defense is that great. And you're you're right. No. Russell Wilson did not look good for the majority of this game. I know they ended up making it close er toward the end, but you never really felt like the Seahawks were going to win this game, even though I, my dumbass live bet the Seahawks at plus seven and a half. 
um, or, or minus seven and a half. But yeah, no, I, I just never felt like they were really they they didn't threaten very much in this game that they that they were gonna come away with a victory and. That's that says more about the Bills to me than it does about the Seahawks. But the Seahawks defense is certainly, um, you know, it's 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 just they're not scaring anybody. They're not they're not a team. You cannot go into the playoffs regardless of how good your offense is because when you get to the playoffs, pretty much every team is going to have a good offense. Not all of them. They're going to have a couple that sneak in there. Uh, you know, like we saw with the Titans, who did well in the playoffs last year. They didn't have a great offense. Um, but the Seahawks do have, they have a great offense. They have, you know, arguably one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. They're going to get Chris Carson back maybe this week, if not probably next week. Um, so they offensively, they, they, they do scare you, but defensively, they're just not going to be able to stop teams in the playoffs. And I just, I, I don't think that's a recipe for success going forward unless they can somehow figure things out on that side of the ball. I, I just, I could see them being a team that comes into the playoffs with high expectations and being, having a huge letdown in their first game against a team yeah. that's going in hot. I mean, yeah, it's perfectly said. Like, they're not going to be able – like, the Bills' defense is whatever it is. But when you have to go up against, you know, the Saints and, the you know, the, the Buccaneers and the Packers and the Rams, like, I, I don't – I don't – like, it's, we're only looking at one week. But, you know, they've looked kind of off for a while to me. And, like, that defense has just never shown any flashes at all this year. This is not Legion of Boom defense. Like, it's – this is it's a bad it's maybe a bottom three defense in the league so that's just not going to take you anywhere you want to go in the playoffs yeah especially in like today's NFL where every team's you know you're seeing a lot of these young quarterbacks having success early like Herbert Mm -hmm. and Burrow and Tua even to an to some extent this past weekend which we'll get to but I mean if you have these potent passing offenses and you're you're looking at the worst passing defense in the league I mean I just I I just don't see it so we'll see I mean obviously there's time to turn that side of the ball around but right now it's it's certainly not looking good Uh, but let's move on to the other birds that had a big game this weekend the Ravens who on the road get a big comeback win against the Colts and this is something that Lamar Jackson has not been able to do in his career he's I believe it was 0-6 going into this game when trailing at half Uh, they end up winning it 24-10 after being down 10-7 at halftime now there is a caveat here their offense still does not look great Des Bryant plays for the first time I mean that's just uh, he's not going to help you win games I mean that's just a name that they add but Mm -hmm. the Colts the Colts are, are frauds to me and the Ravens are – I'm still figuring it out. Like, th- this is a big game for them to win. We know they have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Uh, you know, they did enough to win against a, a really good defense in, in Indianapolis. But Lamar Jackson, I don't know what happened from last year to this year. I don't know if he's injured and we're not hearing the full story of it. I don't know if it's just because they don't really have weapons on this team. But even the weapons that they do have, they're not really getting them involved. You look at Hollywood Brown, who's having a a significantly down year for himself. Mark Andrews, who I still think is one of the top three or four tight ends in the league, who they just aren't getting the ball to. Um, I don't know. The running game you can't figure out. You've got uh, Ingram, who's hurt. You've got J.K. Dobbins, who just has not really been – uh, what you hoped you were getting out of him. And then they, they keep giving the ball to Gus Edwards. So I, I don't know with this Ravens team. I think it's a big win, obviously. They are 6-2, and two, so you can't ignore that. Uh, I just, again, I don't know. I mean, I certainly don't think they're in the same playing field as the Chiefs or even the Steelers when healthy right now. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that we start with the Seahawks and Ravens because to me, these are two completely opposite teams. And part of that is, you know, just how damn good this Ravens defense is. I mean, you know, you talk about all these, you know, teams throwing the ball all over the place, but no one can do that against this team, including the Steelers two weeks ago, which the Ravens had them on the ropes. But 
you know, to your point, like their offense is just, it's nothing like last year. It's hard to believe that Lamar Jackson is just a year removed from winning the MVP and basically being a cheat code. Like he's thrown for over 200 yards one time. His season wow. high in passing yards is 208. Yes. That's insane. Um, and it's not like he's like rushing for a ton either. I mean, he's obviously Lamar Jackson, but in the last three weeks, he's rushed for quite a few, but not like he's got one game over a hundred. So I, I mean, or over like 70. So, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things where I don't know. I, and part of that is the matchups. Like you play at Indy, you play Pittsburgh, you know, Philadelphia is a pretty decent defense at times, at least against the run. But uh, there is no excuse. The way that the the Ravens were putting up yards and points last year is nothing compared to this year. And yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to wonder. Like I, you know, we talked a few weeks ago about how maybe Mark Ingram's injury would be a blessing in disguise, at least to me, because I thought that you know they'd use a lot more of J.K. Dobbins, the guy you mentioned, and they just haven't at all. And like, I mean, he hasn't looked good even when he has touched the ball. Like, not great at least. So. I don't know. There's a confounding team to me, and I agree with you. Like, I don't think they're even close right now to the Chiefs. But, you know, with that defense, I guess, like, you can keep it close and maybe win by randomness a little bit. But I, I just – I don't like the way they're headed right now. Yeah, it seems like teams have kind of zeroed in on Lamar running the ball. I mean, he's put he's still putting up, obviously, best in class as far as quarterbacks for rushing numbers, but not what we would expect, especially being that his passing numbers is, are as low as you mentioned. I mean, that was a startling – uh, revelation that you brought up <laughs> of of his high being 208 and y- y- it's not like they, they don't have anybody to get the ball to and I know Marcus yeah. Brown not not after this game but after the game before that he, he expressed frustrations on only having two or three targets or whatever it was in that game and you know he's a guy who's obviously a deep threat but you have players across the middle that you can allow to get the ball to get him open and they just I mean I, and Indianapolis is a great defense so I'm not taking anything away from them they played a good uh, they had, they game planned for Lamar well, and even in the red zone, you know, I, there were multiple times where Lamar has the ball, he's running it, and you know, that the, they they just clamp down on him. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I I don't know. I mean, obviously, I think you know this the it, the wrongs will right themselves as the schedule gets a little easier for the Ravens, and I'm sure that the offense will open up against you know a little bit more porous defenses. But there's certainly, I, I guess, you know, we see this a lot of times after a quarterback plays his first full season. We, we see them take a step back and it's because defenses start to figure out what they're really good at. And I just, I think that might be what we're seeing here with Lamar a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's a combination of two games. And one of them is uh, like, we talked quite a bit early in the season about how, you know, it seemed like the Titans may have found something there late in the season playing him twice. And maybe that how, like, I wouldn't lie and be able to say that, like, I know what they saw, but whatever it was, it seems like it's sort of, kept him under wraps in terms of passing the ball, at least. And then, you know, the Bengals lose to the, them 27 to three, which obviously isn't good, but Lamar Jackson had like no yards in that game. And I, I just think that that was that allegedly, like I've, I've read that in a couple different places that whatever they had done really seemed to confuse the Ravens offense and sort of like throw off that sort of that like read option thing that they like to do. And so, I think they're in, you know, they're in a rough place now and it's, you know, we're halfway through the season, but we're also halfway through the season. And at some point you become what your record is and what the eight games you've put on tape are. And I think that that's, you know, it's not a, it's not a promising sign for them. Agreed. Let's go to the next game uh, from this past weekend. I wanted to touch on that's Chiefs Panthers. It was obviously the return of Christian McCaffrey who looked great. Uh, You know, he does go down late in the game with a shoulder injury, which potentially could keep him out this weekend. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, But this was the game of the weekend. This is the second game 
the only two games I live bet this weekend. I live bet the Chiefs at minus four and a half. Lost that one too. So don't ask me for my opinions on what to do in game betting. But aren't you? I, this was a great game. I think you know we expected the Chiefs to win this one. I was surprised that it was as close as it was, and the Panthers' offense was basically able to have their way. Bridgewater looked great. He was getting the ball to everybody, and Christian McCaffrey coming back was certainly helpful for that offense. Yeah, absolutely. Game of the week. I mean, it was it was super fun to watch. I also bet the Chiefs live, so I'm with you. Um, misery loves company there, but like, I think that I like I keep saying this, but Teddy Bridgewater, like with the exception of being banged up late in that Thursday night game, I think has looked absolutely awesome like a totally different quarterback he's and you know when you add McCaffrey and and like you said not sure if we're going to see a whole lot of him for the next week or two but you know at least and but like when you add that little factor in too it just opens things up so much more for them so even a really you know I think the Chiefs defense has looked pretty good on like what we were talking about the Seahawks like they've been able to hold up for their offense um, given the amount of possessions and plays and playing from behind other teams have to do against them but like, I, yeah, I, I've, I was very impressed. I think that the Panthers, despite their three and six record, are a, a pretty interesting and dangerous team. And, you know, they're definitely not mailing it in by any means. So I think that they're they're definitely a team to watch for the rest of the season. And from a fantasy perspective, I mean, they've got like everyone you would want. They're almost a mirror image of the team across the field from them in terms of just like the quantity of players you could in a pinch start for you. Didn't they run a fake punt in this game too? Yeah. I yes, love seeing did. that. I, I, that, that was, <laughs> and it was like a, it was a, a fun play because I think they were in their own one. territory or they were yeah. close to midfield, but yeah, that was a big play in the game as well. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So uh, the other ones just real quick, there were a couple games at the three o'clock or four o'clock slot. If you're Eastern, uh, the, the Steelers one was, you know, they had to come back to win. Ben Roethlisberger goes down before half with the knee injuries. It sounds like we're not sure how big or significant those are going to be, but they were certainly sore after the game. It leads them to a comeback win against Garrett Gilbert and the uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Does this does this tell you anything? I mean, the, Cow- the, the, the Steelers are historically known for playing down to their competition. So I'm not surprised by it, honestly. I, I'm, I, I figured they would win it. There was no point in that game, regardless of what the score was, that I thought the Steelers would lose that game. Um, but they, they, they do this every year. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, it's surprising to see their defense really not, like, just destroy these Cowboys. And maybe that's something to be said about Garrett Gilbert, who I thought looked like Jake Luton, your guy. I mean, I think that they both looked pretty sharp for being first time starters, honestly. But, you know, that being said, like you said, I I think that there's definitely something here with like the Steelers just sort of mailing this game in and, um, you know, they still did hold them only 19 points, but yeah, they're, I mean, when you have this matchup, you're just hoping for the Steelers. If you, if you own Connor, any of these other guys, to just light it up. And James Conner, nine carries, 22 yards. Yeah. So what what do you make of that? Because it looks like Anthony McFarland is making his way up the depth chart ahead of Benny Snell. He gets a bunch of touches in this one. Is is there something wrong with James Conner? I I don't know. I I don't know. Like, I mean, statistically, it doesn't look too bad, although the last two games he's had a combined 24 carries for 69 yards. So not great there. Um, You know, he's just not been like, he's had a couple good games, but mostly he's been like, they've just not been able to run the ball very well for whatever reason. And, um, you know, maybe part of that is because of Connor and maybe they're giving somebody else a chance, but really across the board, no one was getting a bunch of yards per carry for them. So they, they're just using the short passing game and it's, it's regrettably working for them. Yeah. I mean, through three quarters, the Cowboys defense by far their best outing of the season. I mean, they look, they look great. 
um, yeah. which is weird to say because they've been so bad. Uh, we talked about how bad the Steelers' defense has been, or the uh, the uh, Seahawks' defense has been. The Cowboys are right there with them. So, uh, but yeah, like I said, I think this is this is not this is an aberration. If anything else, um, we'll see what happens with the Steelers going forward. We've got a big game against my Bengals, which we'll talk about. But yes. uh, Dolphins Cardinals fun game here. I, you know the Cardinal. It looked like Zane Gonzalez uh, made that field goal at the end of the game, and oh it was God. just short. So they end up losing to the to the Tua and the Dolphins. Tua. Looks a lot better in his second performance than his first. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's it was very impressive, especially because he loses Preston Williams, which it looked like it was on the celebration there at the end of the first half, which nice work there. But, um, yeah, I mean, Tua, Tua looked like a different kind of quarterback. And this Cardinals defense, not, like, great by any means, but not terrible either. And so, you know, Tua really had to put it on his back, especially without, you know, Miles Gaskin. I mean, Salvin Ahmed is their number one running back in this game, at least um, in terms of yardage. And so, I don't know. I, I'm very impressed by Tua. Like, this is exactly what you expect when you draft him number five. And it looked like him at Alabama, didn't he? Probably ran a little more even than he ever did at Bama. So, I think that, you know, it's a great sign if you've got him, um, especially in a two-quarterback league, because I think they're going to be relying on him until Gaston come back, comes back to, to, like, move the chains with his legs. Yeah, I'm anxious to see how he progresses moving forward, because you've had one very, very mm-hmm. bad performance and one very uh, solid performance out of him. But he did look good. He had that one big run where he broke the tackle. Uh, Buda Baker was coming at him hard. He kind of just hesitated, and that was a, that was a kind of a – a signature run that I think people will rem- mm-hmm. remember from Tua's first uh, year. All right, let's let we have to talk about it on you. And there's really these are two performances, and and obviously we had the big breakup last year between the Patriots and you know obviously Tom Brady. So I want to talk about both situations because the Patriots looked horrible on Monday night, and the Buccaneers and Tom, Tom Brady particularly, not just the Bucks. Tom Brady looked absolutely terrible on Sunday Night Football. I thought the Bucks were going to come in make a name for themselves going forward. Obviously they have Antonio Brown now. You know, they're starting to figure out the backfield situation as as Fournette's getting more carries from Ronald Jones Jr., but the Saints look great. Drew Brees was very efficient. Michael Thomas is back. Alvin Kamara had a, you know, he didn't really have to have his best game, but the Saints just the defense just absolutely puts a whooping on Tom Brady. Brady looks terrible the entire game. They get down to the 1-yard line, can't score. Uh, Gronk dropped a touchdown. I mean, it was just horrible across the board for the Bucks in this game. But surprised that the defense was able to uh, play as well as they were for the Saints and as poorly as they did for for the Bucks, considering what we had seen up to this point going in. I I completely agree. The Saints, like, I, there's just no way anyone could have seen this coming. Not the Saints either. It's not like their defense was killing people the last few weeks. I mean, they gave up 23 points to the Bears last week, and they almost lose that game. So, you know, you expected – I mean, I expected maybe not fireworks, but definitely like a well-played competitive game. This one just doesn't make sense to me. It like off the bus, the Bucks just get blown out at home. It was, it was stunning. Um, so I just, I, I, yeah, there's, I, it's, it's, you know, last year we talked a lot about games where you're just like, you know, this is one of those wipe the slate type games that you just ignore at the end of the year that were a complete fluke. I don't know if that's, that's what this is because I think that what you said about Tom Brady is worth keeping in mind moving forward. Um, but man, it is it, like, I, I don't know. Do you have any takeaways from this? To me, the Saints clearly established themselves as better than Tampa for now. They've now swept the season series, which is going to be huge. Um, but you know, this is this Tampa team, it, you know, it goes back to what you said about Brady at the beginning. Like, I don't know what to make of them in, in a positive light. 
Yeah, and I'm sure, you know, he'll take this one personally and, and he'll bounce back from it. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I trust Tom Brady in a big game in the playoffs. I don't yeah. know if he can beat a team in the playoffs. And we're talking about all these potent offenses. Like, let's say the Bucks play the Seahawks in the, you know, whatever, divisional round. Like, I, I think the Seahawks, I just don't think the Bucks with Brady can keep up. It's not because of their playmakers. They have those everywhere, literally everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But the, and they'll the, get better with Brown. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure that's that, – I don't want to – I'm not writing them off. I just – I don't know if his arm is capable. And neither is Drew Brees, but, but – I, I don't know. I, I just this game was telling, but I don't want to make too much of it because it was just it was bad from the get go. And sometimes you just you, you just you know you, you see things kind of spiral and you can never recover from it. So I'm not going to write them off because I think they have a ton of talent and especially the defense. I don't think we're going to see Tampa Bay's defense play another game this poorly again. I agree. I mean, it's just it's astounding to me because the Packers have played both these teams. They destroyed the Saints and got murdered by the Buccaneers. So like. That little three-way situation that they've got going on makes absolutely no sense. Um, so, yeah, it might just be a matchups thing. I, I don't know. But I agree. I think the Bucks will get back on track. I, But I think that, you know, last week, to me, they were clearly the best team in the NFC. Today, I don't I don't think I'm there. So, we'll, we'll have to see. I think all three of those teams are bunched together pretty interesting. And the Rams, too. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll touch we'll touch more on the uh the, the Patriots as we get through here on week 10, but uh yeah, it, we've got a fun slate ahead. You know, obviously we're still working our way through bye weeks. There's still COVID situations that we'll talk about as we go through these games and like I said, we'll look at bovadasportsbook.com for all their lines. There's a few games that don't have lines this week. We'll still talk about them, but it's because we don't know what's happening with quarterbacks primarily. So, we'll we'll get through that as we go. Uh but we'll start with Thursday night football. We've got Colts Titans. Uh this is a big game for especially Indianapolis. I I mean, obviously these two teams are fighting for the division, but I think Indianapolis coming off of uh, the ropes against, you know, Baltimore, this is a game that they, they really need to win. And they're on the road and Tennessee coming off a big win themselves against the bears. Uh, this, this game to me is, 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 is as interesting as an AFC South game could possibly be. <laughs> I was going to say, is that you waxing poetic about AFC South? That was no, it's a, I, it's a rough division, and it's probably going to be one of those games. I mean, we've got a number of 48-and-a-half here on Bovada, Tennessee's two-point favorites at home, but I could see this going under. I could see this being one of those defensive ball games that we've seen so much out of this division. Yeah, I think so, especially with the Thursday night. I love the under here, which means it's definitely going to be like 30-35 to 35 or whatever. But, I, yeah, I, the Colts are just so confusing to me because of – Jonathan Taylor has been such a disappointment, both in terms of his usage and his own performance. Um, Big fumble but, last know, week. Huge fumble, which was a problem for him at Wisconsin as well. But, you know, it's it just doesn't add up to me. So I'm not sure what's going on there. Might, again, you know, he had kind of an injury, it seemed like, a couple weeks ago, but was fully practicing last week. So, again, doesn't make a lot of sense. That being said, I like – I don't see on paper where the Colts have a big advantage in any way over the Titans. And I know, you know, it's got to be frustrating for Derrick Henry to keep running into these, into his own offensive line. That's pretty decimated by injury. But last week was, was rough for him. I mean, he had nowhere to go and he didn't look super motivated. I think this is one of those, I want to say it was last year, pretty much around this time, maybe a week or two later where he just dominated on Thursday night. Do you remember that? He went for like, is that the one where he had like the 90 something yard run? Was it the Jaguars? I, it was either the Jaguars or the Colts. I know it was Thursday night. Um, I think it was the Jaguars. But yeah, 
I kind of get visions of that. I, I mean, the Colts defense is better than that, but I could see them just going to Henry a million times on Thursday. Yeah, and I feel like the game script will allow it. I just don't think the Colts offense with Phillip Rivers, I, I just, I don't, that's that's the thing about this Colts team. You have a great defense, but I don't, I don't trust their offense. I mean, you don't have any playmakers on the edge. Um, the running back situation's a mess. I mean, we thought we knew what, we, what it was with Jonathan Taylor coming on, and then you mentioned he had some struggles and some injury issues. And now it looks like Jordan Wilkins is maybe the lead back in this backfield, and then they mix in Naheem Hines. I just, with Phillip Rivers, like, it, it, I just, I don't know how they beat a team like Tennessee right now. I just, I don't mm-hmm. see it. I, I, I didn't think the Colts were that great, period. And, and I just... Philip Rivers, I know he's a gunslinger. I know he'll have some games where you're like, oh, yeah, he's still got it a little bit. But I just – I don't trust him. I mean, it, yeah, basically what I, I was agree. just talking about with Tom Brady and not being able to trust him in a big game to win it, Philip Rivers is that like times 10. Well, like imagine Tom Brady having to throw to like Zach Pascal and, you know, Marcus Johnson. Michael <laughs> like it, it's, it's Yeah, yeah. It's that much worse for Rivers. So I agree. And, uh, yeah, I'm – so the parlay here is Tennessee minus two and the under, but you know that now it's going to be Colts and like a 38-30 game. 100%. And I, I'm, I'm yeah. definitely taking that exact parlay too, and it's just not <laughs> it's, it's, it's not going to happen because both of us are saying it will. Right, no, of course. All right, Colts sure. won. Good, good game, Colts. <laughs> congrats. Uh, yeah, congrats on the win. All right, let's move on to we've got Texans-Browns. Uh, this I, I kind of like the, the Texans here, and I – I know, like, you know, the, the Browns, they've had the injury issues. They should get Nick Chubb back. That's the difference maker. I think if Chubb plays, the Browns probably win. Uh, but I think that this game is, is as close as the line suggests, and the, the, the Browns are three-point favorites at home. Baker Mayfield was a close contact with COVID. He was cleared today and came off of the COVID list, so he should be good to go. But the Texans, uh, they, they won, had a spirited win last week. I know it's the Jaguars. I know it's Jake Luton who played well. Uh, I think Baker Mayfield will have his one of his better performances. But I think this game's going to be close. I think it's the type of game that's going to come down to a field goal, and, and I think the line's got that right. 51.5 over under. I think we could could see points here, but I, I don't know. I just this game kind of seems like a trap game to me for the Browns. I can see it. Um, yeah, the Texans have played a lot better, especially offensively after Bill O'Brien gets the axe, which is kind of funny. But like, yeah, I, I think that the yeah, yeah, the over makes a lot of sense, and um, yeah, because especially the Browns, you know, you look at the last few games, they did give up just sixteen to the Raiders, but that game was so influenced by weather and before that you know they give up 30 they give up 34 to the Bengals 38 to the Steelers 23 to the Colts I mean 38 to the Cowboys I like the defense is not that good um and so I could see I definitely like the over but I do lean towards the Browns here because of Nick Chubb I think that they'll get back to what Kevin Savansky kind of envisions them as which is like a, a run first team yeah, it just it, they bother me without having a true weapon on on, on the edge. I know Jarvis Landry yeah. has been getting healthier, but he's really more of a slot receiver. They just don't really have a deep threat sure. anymore. I, that that sure. that worries me a little bit, and I I still think that Baker Mayfield's going to come out and have a good game. I have him. I, I'm using him to replace Mahomes' buy in two different leagues, begrudging, like begrudgingly. But I, I still think that uh, this is going to be a game that, that will come down to the wire. And I, I could see the Browns having to, you know, ha- having to have that field goal to win it. I'm probably still going to stay away from this line just because I could see it going either way. Uh, but I do like the over. I see it at 51 here on Bovada. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. but, but, but again, to not, not, not the type of game the Browns want to take lightly if they want to make the playoffs this year. Agreed. 
All right, let's move on to your Packers. I know we didn't talk about them from last week because they played so long ago, aren't you? But, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I, I think he's moved ahead of Russell Wilson in the MVP wow. conversation. I don't think you'll hear a lot of people say that. And I, I, I just – I think it'll take one more game for it to be solidified of, of Russ not playing so well and, and Aaron Rodgers putting up some big numbers. But if you don't do it against Jacksonville, maybe this conversation changes. They're at home as well. 13-point favorites. Aaron Jones was back and looked healthy. I have a feeling him and Aaron Aaron and Aaron are both going to have big games here. Uh, Jaguars come in to, to Green Bay as 13-point dogs with Jake Luton at the helm. Yeah, I I think that this is setting up very nicely for a big offensive game from both those dudes that you mentioned, and specifically Aaron Jones, who seems to have just sort of gone by, under the radar now. Like, obviously, they played Thursday. Everyone thought he wasn't going to play. He suddenly pops up and does. I, I would not be surprised at all if Aaron Jones is the overall RB1 this week because I think that he's – because of what Jacksonville is, they're so bad again on defense. I mean, they're not horrible against the run, but that's just because everyone can pass on them and there's there's no need to, like, run against them, you know? So, like, yeah, they I, I absolutely love the Packers in this spot. I don't even think it's a look ahead because they've had so much time off, and I do think that Rodgers is thinking about this as, like, having the MVP well within his grasp. So – with Devontae Adams back and the last two games he's had with him have just been absolutely absurd. Like I, I just, I think that this, there's more of the same here. And, um, you know, I think also though, I know certain people have Jake Luton in their leagues. Like I, it wouldn't shock me at all if he ends up having a very good game, just like trailing and game scripts wise and ends up putting up like some great garbage down numbers. Yeah. I mean, he did look good. I had to start him. Uh, you know, again, mm-hmm. I didn't want to start him. I had to start him because I had no <laughs> other option and he ended up putting up some pretty good numbers. Uh, he looked good. He had the big run at the end to, to put them in a position to tie it. They didn't get the two, uh, but on the first, it was the first drive. He had a 73 yard touchdown to DJ Chark, who Chark has been very frustrated with Gardner Minshew and, and, in getting the ball his way. And in this game that they, they made it a point to make sure Luton looked his way quite a bit. Yes, they did. And I, I mean, what a revelation to have your shitty quarterback actually throw the ball to your awesomely talented receiver, you know, Can you imagine? but it's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I, it just blows me away. But yeah, that I, I think that that's like, if you're the Jaguars, that's what you want to see. That's what they got out of Minshew last year too, is just like, you know, someone who's willing to take risks, who's kind of fun to watch and is willing to drive the ball to the more talented players on their team. I don't know about Chark against Jair Alexander this week, but you know, assuming this game is the kind of game we expect it to be, um, you know, there, there's no reason not to target him a million times. Yeah, I think I, I hate to say it, but I think James Robinson has a big game against that Packers run D, Ooh. too. Um, okay. I, I, I know that uh, I know they were a little better against the Niners, banged up Niners backfield than yeah, they, they had been. But, yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, they, I think, again, they're going to try to get him the ball out of the backfield and in space. They've done more of that. He was more of a – a ground game guy, and now they've they've used him three downs and 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 really gotten him involved in the passing game. I can see I can see both him and Aaron Jones uh, punching back and forth in this one, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I think the Jaguars are going to be playing from behind in a big way. I you're right, Devontae Adams. I mean, he's number one receiver in the league right now. Just just with the volume he's getting, he's getting the ball thrown his way, you know, twelve times a game. Uh, it, it's they just have such a special connection. It's hard to argue that uh, you know from a fantasy standpoint, if if you've got him, you're you're very happy. Week in and week out, regardless of the matchup, with uh, with with that volume, so mm-hmm. uh, I, I think the Packers win it big. I would, I would, I know it's a lot of points, but I would take them either way. Yeah, I agree. 
All right, here's a fun one. The Washington football team and the Detroit Lions, we don't know about uh, – well, we do know that uh, Alex Smith is going to be playing quarterback for, for Washington the remainder of the season. That was a pretty gruesome injury from Kyle Allen, his dislocated uh, ankle. He had surgery. He's going to miss the season. Uh, the Lions, we, we still don't know if uh, Matthew Stafford is going to play in this one. We assume that he will, but I don't see a line here for this game. So, Anshu, if you had to make the line, what would you say? I, I assume Lions. Yeah, I would probably say Lions by seven um, if Stafford plays. If not, it's probably Lions by two or something. Um, just because I don't know, it, like they're they're not terribly uneven teams, and unlike the Lions, Washington actually has something to play for because of how incredibly terrible that division is. So the Lions are they're not out of it, I guess, at three and five, but they you know they basically got to win a bunch of games. Where we also don't know about Kenny Galladay. Um, and they are a totally different team with him in the game, clearly. So, yeah, I mean, this is just a weird one. There's a lot up in the air, so it's hard to pin this down. Um, the only thing we know, really, is that Washington's defense is very good. And, you know, Detroit's not going to be able to move it without Stafford. They are good. I surprisingly didn't play as well against the Giants uh, last True. week as, as a lot of people. I mean, no, they, they had five sacks, but they didn't turn Dan, Danny Dimes over once in that game, which was, you know, I I... I thought they were a, a significant streaming option for 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 teams mm-hmm. in fantasy and they just they didn't really produce like I expected them to but uh, I, I do think that they have a good defense and if Galladay's not in there I just the Lions I feel like they need a to to to, to, to select a path like are you going with Swift or are you going to ride with the old Adrian Peterson week in and week out and I feel like they keep saying they're going to give Swift the ball more and make him the feature back and then they keep going back to Adrian Peterson I just don't I, I don't I don't really get it um, I don't either. Yeah, there's there's weird. There's that team is just weirdly coached on both sides of the ball. I I really don't get the Lions at all. Yeah, they're a joke. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's move on to Philadelphia and the New York Giants. I mean, this is a game we probably wouldn't be talking about much if it wasn't in this terrible NFC East division. I'm I I don't really know what to make of this game. The Eagles come in as road favorites. Bovada's got them at three and a half. Uh, low number here at forty four and a half. I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants win this game at home as dogs, uh, but I, I, I think the Eagles are in a, the best position to win this division if they win this game. So if you are the Eagles, you have to come in assuming that, you know, this is a must win. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I make them – I like the Eagles here, actually. I, I know that the Giants kind of screwed us by – I don't know about you, but I definitely bet on Washington, and that didn't go super well. Um, I still yeah. Yeah, As I usually do call. with this division. Good call. I, I'm all over the Eagles though this week. They come off coming into this game. They they won their last two against this terrible division. Is they Miles Sanders probably, back though? That's a key because if he's back, I, it changes things in a big way. Yeah, I, I'm pretty confident he's going to play. Um, the reports are that he will. He's practicing, I believe, today, and so um, I'm expecting Sanders out there. That you're right. That that they are a different team with him, and it looks like. Um, they're getting uh, Dallas Goddard. Obviously, he was, he played before the bye, so he'll be involved pretty heavily. Tra- Travis Fulgham's been great for them, and so they've got. I think that you know the Giants are actually like trying, which is somewhat surprising to me. But um, you know, I, I just I don't think that they're they're good enough, frankly, to to hang with the Eagles in this game. Yeah, I mean, with the Eagles getting those weapons back, that does kind of change the conversation a little bit. I still worry about. Carson Wentz's decision making, um, but he yes. does. I mean, his schedule certainly opens up, and you hope they figured some things out during the bye if they're going to win this division. 
he has a chance to change the narrative on his season. And I'm not even mm-hmm. talking about fantasy. Throw that out the window because fantasy-wise, he's been a pretty good fantasy quarterback because of his running of the ball and uh, you know because of the garbage time. But if he can come out of the of the of this bye and and getting some of these weapons back and because that's been the excuse for this team all year is their line hasn't been healthy they haven't had any of their weapons they're getting a lot of that back now you know mm-hmm. Carson Wentz has a chance to change the narrative on this season and and really at at three four and one if they win this game and now they're 500 they they have a chance to change the narrative on the division too if they can rattle off some wins not the yeah. division as a whole but the division as as a laughing stock of the NFL uh, so I think three fourths of it is a laughing stock in the NFL, but you're right. I, I think that like they should, they are definitely in a spot where they can, you know, we were looking at this division, like is a seven and nine team or a, you know, six, right. nine and one team going to make it. And I, you're right. I, if that's what you mean. I, I think that there's a really good chance that the Eagles end up, you know, like nine, six and one or something. Yeah. Which still for division winners, not great, but it's, it makes, it makes things look a lot better than they have been this year for sure. <laughs> yes. Agreed. All right, what about uh, the Buccaneers and the Panthers, another division rivalry? Ooh, yes. We've got Tampa Bay coming into Carolina as five-and-a-half-point favorites on Bovada. I think that this is a bounce-back game for them, especially if Christian McCaffrey doesn't play. Carolina's defense has been a lot better uh, than advertised coming into the season, and I think Matt Rule is, is you know, at least – I would – is there a chance – I mean, I, they'd have to win a few games here. But I, I, even at three and six, I, I'm thinking of him as a possible coach of the year candidate. I know yeah. that's that's hard to say for somebody that's that's three and six, but they've they've played every game tough. They look good. They're utilizing weapons that weren't really weapons coming into the year. I, I just I'm, I'm I'm impressed by this uh, Carolina team, but without Christian McCaffrey, I think the Bucks come in with a bounce back. Yeah, I tend to agree. Although I don't love that number. I think that the Panthers, even without McCaffrey, have shown that they've got balls. You know, like they're they're playing tough, and um, I think that even with Mike Davis, they're able to move the ball around. And, you know, if the Panthers found anything from that first half against the Saints to use, that's only going to increase the likelihood that they can keep this at least interesting. And so, you know, I was just super positive about Teddy Bridgewater in the first half of the show. Like, I, I think that he's able to have a decent game here. And even with the Bucks D, like, ignoring last week, I think that this – I think the Panthers can still do some things against the Bucks D. And – um, yeah, and like you said, the Panthers' defense is playing much better than I would have imagined had I not looked at the numbers here. So, like, yeah, I think that I like the Panthers to cover this. I, I do think that the Bucks bounce back and win, but I, I think that that's too many points for a home team to be given up. Yeah, 50 and a half. I kind of like the over here. Uh, I just can't yeah. – I cannot imagine that the Buccaneers come and lay an egg the way that they did a week ago. Um, I, I just – I think they're going to put up points. And I think two weeks they, ago, by the yeah. way. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. And I, I feel like they need to get those playmakers involved. That You sense the frustration. I know Godwin's coming off of a hand injury, and you could. Yeah, I think he had a drop or two in that last game where it's like bouncing off of his hands. He's playing with a, a splint on his hand or on his two mm-hmm. fingers. That that makes it tough, but Antonio Brown, you, you, it was limited, the action we saw, because they just couldn't move the ball. But he had, a, he had one grab that he kind of snagged out of the air that was a pretty impressive catch, and you saw him get excited there. You know, as much as I dislike him as a person, I, I still think that you could tell in that game that Tom Brady wanted to get him involved in the offense, and oh, I think yeah. that that connection is going to start to develop more and more. Uh, and I – I agree. Sorry not to interrupt, but I, I think that he he looks he looks very good to me. Like I, I mean, he looked sharp, and it didn't look like he missed any time. I mean, usually he's thirty two years old. Like you would have thought that he would roll out and 
you know, not be Antonio Brown. And I know he didn't play every single snap and they obviously get killed, but you know, I thought, I thought that he looked as good as you could have hoped for if you're a Bucks fan. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they get him more involved. Um, I, I like, I like, I don't know, man. I think I'd like the Bucks to cover, even though it is a, mm. a bigger number. I, we're on, we're on different sides of that. That's okay. That's all right. <laughs> Can't agree on them all. <laughs> that's, that's true. All right. Let's move on to the later slate. We've got, we're going to start it with uh, Broncos and Raiders. We've got uh, five points for the Raiders at home. I I hate this this line. I I don't like this game to bet on because these are two teams that I just don't know what I'm going to see out of week in and week out. Mm-hmm. You would expect the Raiders to win and cover, but Denver's been playing in close games. I don't know. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a stay away here. I I I think the Raiders. You know, I think that this this game is a big game for the Broncos going forward in their future because I think they're still trying to figure out what they have in Drew Locke. Agreed. Um, I, I'm com- just staying away from the AFC West from now on, man. Like after that, that Raiders Chargers game, just that one hurt real bad. So same. Um, I, I, some, I like you had talked me into it, and I was totally like, "Yep, that's you know, you're you were a hundred percent right. Your logic is completely right. I stand by it." I, think I it mean, if right he call. catches that that ball at the end of the game, which he should have, that's. Or if they throw it to Keenan Allen on either of those two plays. Oh, my God. It just blows me away how they just got away from him late in the game when he was he was dominating. He's been all feasting game the when they get him the ball. I don't get it. I don't either. But, I mean, tough to argue with what Justin Herbert's done this year. We'll, we'll get to them in a minute. But, yeah, I mean, basically, this is just a stay away. And it's, it's an ugly game from a fantasy perspective, too. I mean, I don't think I have any guy on either of these teams in any league. <laughs> and, and, you know, like – Josh Jacobs. Jacobs, I I get that, you know, if you've got him, you're starting him, but even he is getting his workload eaten into. So it's not an exciting proposition. Henry Ruggs has been a complete disaster. Yeah, I think uh, Waller's the number one tight end this week, though. Yeah, sure. Waller, yeah. Yeah, with Kelsey out, I think think you're right about that. Yeah, and Fant, too. (laughs) Sorry, and Fant, too. Fant has been good because uh, Albert O's out, and so, like, I think he's probably like a top five tight end as well, but it's just, it's, it's not a fun game to be betting on, to have fantasy implications on. I feel like. What about know, Judy other... though? Judy had a big game last week. I feel like Judy maybe is starting to develop a connection with Drew Locke and the Raiders secondary is not great. I, I have a feeling Judy's going to have another big game. He could, he could. I I mean, I just like, it's just a weird one where I could see him somehow getting not shut out, but it's like the way that. Yeah, I mean Judy. If Judy plays like the Keenan Allen role for them in this week, then that's that's a good sign. But I do think that Fant is the one that's going to ha- get the most looks from Locke in this game. Um, and the other oddity about this week, by the way, is that there are more games in the late slot than there are in the early ones. So I could see this one just being completely ignored by everyone that's watching Red Zone this week. Yeah, I will be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on to Bill's Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals are home favorites, but it's just two points. Um, I don't know. This game's strikingly similar to me with what we saw, again, with Buffalo and Seattle. I, I just feel like Arizona and Seattle are built similarly. I think Arizona's defense is slightly better. Uh, obviously mm-hmm. the bills are on the road in this one, which could come into play big number 56 and a half. I think that's the biggest number of the weekend. I just, I, I guess I'm probably staying away from the line because I don't really have a read on how this is going to go. I think the points make sense, even though that's a, that, such a, that's such a high number. I, I, I think it still hits. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of think the Cardinals are going to win because I just don't think the bills are as good as they showed last week, but I wouldn't be surprised if they went into Arizona and came away with a win. So I'm torn Me either. Yeah, it's a tough call. It's a toss-up. It's similar. Actually, both teams played similar games last week. I mean, I guess 
the Bills' defense isn't as good as Miami's, but I could see it being like a similarly high-scoring game. I, I, I think I like Buffalo. I think Buffalo is a better team here. I think that line is about right. I actually read a really interesting stat that said road teams have a winning record this year, straight up. Interesting. Which is insane to me. That's I mean, that's wild when you think of what you know normally is a six-point swing. Maybe the crowd uh, is I'm, a bigger factor than we thought. Yeah, it, I mean, clearly. So if if this is like a neutral-ish game, I kind of like Buffalo um, because I think that they are the better team. That's fair. Yeah, I, I this is a tough one for me to call, so I'm staying away from it. But uh, mm-hmm. I do think there's going to be fantasy fireworks everywhere. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, Edmonds is, I think, a top five play this week if he if Drake doesn't end up going. I think he's probably a top ten play even if Drake does end up going because I assume his snaps would be limited. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the one thing I, I, I want to – and I brought this up on the last couple shows about the Bills is their backfield situation is the most frustrating fantasy situation. <laughs> I have both Moss – and uh, Singletary, and I just they just they just can't figure out how to use the two. I mean, I, I just I'm staying away from both of them in that league going forward. And I just I don't know why I, they don't just make Zach Moss the featured back and use yeah. Devin, and use Devin Singletary as kind of more of your third down receiving type of back. But they they just I feel like they were trying to use both of them both ways to confuse teams, and it's it's not they're they're not that much different. Like you're not like you're not changing. <laughs> you know, things that much with one or the right. other in the game. It's not like Zeke and then Pollard who are like completely different in my mind. I, yeah, yeah, I think that that's, it's a great call. I, I don't get why they're not just going to Moss either. Like he's clearly their goal line guy. He's clearly, you know, he made some incredible catches over the last few weeks. And I just don't really understand why, what it is about Singletary that they like more than Moss other than, you know, he's been there a year longer. So maybe there's like, pass blocking stuff there but even then Singletary is smaller I think so I don't really understand that one yeah it's frustrating all right let's go to Chargers Dolphins again I I I think this could be trap game but I don't want to bet on the Chargers again uh they're three-point underdogs here on Bovada (laughs) coming into Miami it's a big trip obviously we've talked about the the, making those long west coast Mm -hmm. to east coast trips going from LA to Miami this is this this game though to me is is a big for Tua right because the Chargers mm-hmm. defense is is good. It's not not the best defense in the league by any stretch of the imagination, but it's 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 solid. This is a big game for me to see if Tua's for real. And if he's for real, Miami could be for real. So this is this game means more to me for Miami. Obviously the Chargers aren't aren't threatening to make the playoffs, but I think they're better than their record. I, I certainly think they're better than two and six. I think Justin Herbert has proven that, and I think that he's 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 done a great job of getting the the weapons that they have involved, and that's Mike Williams, it's Keenan Allen, you know, even this backfield. We don't know who it's going to be week to week with Eckler injured, but uh, the, they they've they've been able to get people involved. I mean, look at Kalen Balaj, who, who's come out of nowhere to become relevant. I, I was going to say once again, but I'm just going to leave that part out to <laughs> no, become relevant. No. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, this is. The Chargers are the weirdest team in football to me. And I stand, again, I stand by the pick that we made last week, ultimately, which was, you know, look, they two plays go the other way for them the last two weeks. The last play of the game, both the last two weeks, they're four and four. I mean, they're a completely different team. And beyond that, they only lose by three at the Saints. They only lose by a touchdown at Tampa. They only lose by five to the Panthers. They only lose by three to the Chiefs. I mean, this is a good team. It's a good team that just happens to be two and six. And so... Yeah, I mean, and again, they play what looks like another good team this week, and it's just a tough spot to be in because at some point, you know, the losses become a part of you, you know? Like, it becomes a part of the fabric of the team, and we've seen that with the Chargers all too often in the Rivers era, 
and you just hope obviously for Herbert that won't be the case. I I don't think so. He looks incredible. Um, but yeah, like I, I maybe better than Burrow. He throws a better deep ball, or at least they give him a chance to throw it more often. I mean, I I, I would take either. That's <laughs> all I'll say, especially over our rookie quarterback. But I digress. Um, yeah, <laughs> like I, I think that uh, I think this is gonna be a really fun game. I'm excited to see two rookies go at it. Two good rookies, it seems like. And yeah, like I, it's hard for me to to make a call on who I would pick line wise in this one. I just I think this is one of those that you just watch and enjoy, but um, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for the chargers because I think that, you know, they deserve to have a much better record than they have so far. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say to his performance last week gave me a little more faith. I mean, I have Devonte Parker in a league and I, I, oh, I was man. a little worried That's about him going forward, but it seems like they're developing a bit of a connection as well. Kind of like we see with Herbert and, and Keenan Allen, who's been, I mean, Keenan Allen's back to top 10 receiver when, you know, yeah. this, the last couple of years, obviously, dealing with injuries he was kind of in that you know low end wide receiver two range he's back in a, a solid wide receiver one now i think oh yeah he's i mean he's the favorite by far the favorite target for one of the top five pass offenses in the league right now so yeah gotta, i gotta feel good about that if you're an owner <laughs> yeah but you also have to i was going to mention parker like especially with preston williams out like i i mean i don't know who else they're throwing the ball to maybe Saki, but um, you know, it's it's really going to be Tua and Devontae Parker, I think. So he could be a huge factor here in the next few weeks in fantasy. Yeah, you mentioned Gasicki. I, that, that, that just made me think. Like, tight end has been – and I know it always is, but I think more so this year than most. No, it's, it's terrible. It's just – it's been a brutal, brutal position to try to, to guess week in and week out. There's just no consistency with any of them. I mean, Gasicki at one point looked like he was like a top five tight end for a couple games, and then – he just disappeared off the face of the earth, and we're seeing that with all of the tight ends this year. If you don't have Kelsey, Waller, um, I don't even know if you'd throw anybody really else into that conversation. I thought Mark Andrews was that. Um, yeah. You know, Obviously, we have the injury to Kittle. He was definitely that. But you don't have a reliable week-in and week-out tight end unless you have one of those top three guys. I like Fant, and I think Gronk is in maybe Maybe Hawkinson. Really. Hawkinson, yeah, Hawkinson's around there. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I mean, Johnny Smith has just fallen off the face of the earth. I know he gets two catches that result in a touchdown last week, but I believe those were his only two targets. He has just been totally phased out of their offense for some reason. They've got Anthony Perkser. He's getting arguably more targets over the last few weeks. It, like he's not a guy that you feel good about every week. I yeah, I don't, I don't think there's, I don't think there's another guy really. Yeah, it, it's it's a frustrating position. It's like become mm-hmm. like the kicker of, of the offensive side of the ball. It's like it's just a crapshoot every week if you don't have one it of the is. top ones. It is. Yeah. All right, let's go to Seahawks-Rams. This might be the game of the week, Anshu. Um, it's a big one. The Seahawks are, are on the road. It's going to be in L.A. at SoFi Stadium with no fans once again. But uh, the Rams are home favorites, one and a half. And Jared Goff, if, if, he's, not, if he's available in your league, and I, I've seen him available in a couple of my leagues with one quarterback leagues, this is the perfect opportunity to stream a quarterback. You would expect fireworks out of him. I just think, you know, if you got anybody on the Rams, fire him up offensively. I, I think the Seahawks, you know, I think it's going to be a little tougher. I, the Rams' defense is better than the Seahawks' defense. I, I think the Rams cover and win this game outright at home. I, I, I don't know how you feel, aren't you? But I'm, I'm feeling confident in the Rams for the first time since they proved me wrong. Yeah, <laughs> completely agree. I think the Rams, especially out of a bye, I just – I feel like they're going to put it on Seattle and, and, you know, the Seattle defense, they got to find something because if the Rams decide to pass as much as they did 
um, ahead of the bye. I like the Seahawks have no chance in that game because I really don't. I, you know, you talk about Russell Wilson maybe needing one more bad game to fall out of the MVP lead or, or even that conversation a little bit. Like this could be that game. The Rams, if, if any team can match up with those two guys, it's the Rams. And um, I, you know, I think that this is, this is going to be a tough spot for Seattle. And I really like the Rams in this game. Me too. We agreed on one. All right, let's go to 49ers Saints. The Niners are reeling in a big way. The line proves it as well. Nine and a half point road dogs on Bovada. I mean, obviously the Saints are coming off of that big performance. I I think it's a lot of points, but Nick Mullins just, I don't know. Do you go to Bethard? He looked so bad against the Packers. I just, I don't know how much longer they can try to keep this experiment going we don't know what we're going to see from if Debo Sanders uh, Samuel is going to be back we don't know if Raheem Mostert will come back and you would think that they would probably say no if with the buy on the horizon I don't know though this it's a mess in the backfield for the 49ers they were they were out there with basically practice squad guys at receiver Kevin White sighting never got a target but it just a mess in, in San Francisco you I just if I'm a San Francisco fan I I've probably just given up on this season at this point right yeah, I mean, assuming you actually watch the games, but yeah, there's, I mean, this is, this, <laughs> this is a tough one in terms of like, you know, the Niners have zigged every time I expect them to zag or, or vice versa. Like, like, I mean, there are games where I've laid them to rest and then they pop up off the mat and do Kyle Shanahan things. And so, you know, while they, their, their offense is definitely like, just like a skeleton crew, their defense is still, you know, they didn't play well against the Packers, but a lot of their guys were playing um, in terms of whoever's left. And so I think that, you know, obviously if the Saints play like they did last week, it's it's all over for San Francisco. But I do wonder if this is one of those letdown games. They watched that Niners game. The Niners had 10 days off. Maybe they find something here. I mean, the Niners are four and five. They're not dead by record. And I think they're dead in the conference. But it'll be very interesting to me to see how they play in this game because I think it'll dictate – what we think of them for the rest of the season. And I agree. Like if the saints are anything close to what they played like against Tampa, like I CJ Bathard's playing in this game, probably yep. the entirety of the second half. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen. All right, let's move on to a game we don't have a line for, and it's because we don't know the status of one Ben Roethlisberger. The Steelers are home against the Bengals. They're eight. No, the Bengals are not the Bengals coming off of a bye. I don't know what this line – I think we it opened at nine. I saw it come down to like eight and a half um, when it opened. Uh, but there's nothing here on Bovada now because of the quarterback situation, aren't you? I, I would expect if he doesn't play, this is something like two maybe. Um, but mm. I, I think that, uh, you know, if Ben Roethlisberger doesn't play in this game, I think the Bengals have a shot. And I don't necessarily think they have anywhere close to a shot if he doesn't. So, that I mean, that, that – I, I know – Ben Roethlisberger, you know, obviously everybody knows how I feel about him, but there is such that might be one of the biggest drop offs from starter to backup in the NFL. Mason Rudolph is just not very good. Right. And we talked about James Conner's lack of production and, you know, that that just further emphasizes the importance of Roethlisberger, right? Like is, if, if, you're, if you've got to turn around and hand the ball off to someone averaging 2.6 yards a carry every time, not going to get very far, especially against the Bengals the offense that you know, yes, it is the Steelers defense is good. And, you know, they held the Bengals to only three or, or no, they haven't played it this year. Um, but they have, you know, they've obviously been good at times. I think that the Bengals can score points though on pretty much every, anyone at this point. And so uh, like, I don't think this is a good matchup for the Steelers. I think that like a shootout 
is not ideal. Um, obviously, if Roethlisberger is not out there, if he is, you know, obviously all bets are off. But that, that being said, like, even if he is out there, I like they've been you mentioned it. They play down to teams levels all the time. And I like I and I just think that the Bengals aren't that bad of a team. So if they take it for granted or, you know, take them sort of lightly, I, I think that the Bengals have a great shot, not only at covering, but winning this outright. Yeah, we still don't know if Mixon will be out there in this one either. You would expect that he would coming yeah. off the bye, but we don't know. And there's some issues with the offensive line with COVID. So there's there's still some question marks for the Bengals that, you know, it's hard to predict how this game is going to go because there are so many different things that can change by the end, yeah. uh, by the time it's played. But uh, it was flexed to the 3 o'clock space so the world can see the Bengals uh, probably lose a game at the end that they had a chance to win. <laughs> Uh, so you, you'll know how I feel every Sunday. Well, you won't know how I feel, but you'll you'll see what I what I suffer through. All right, let's let's move on to the night games. We uh, once again have what, what what coming into the season would have been a great Sunday night game and a terrible Monday night game. But uh, we've got the Ravens and the Patriots in Foxborough. I I mean I I don't know. I, the Ravens are seven and a half point favorites. You would think that they would cover that, but the way that this Ravens team has been playing lately, I just don't know if I trust it. It's a forty four point over under. Uh, oh, which, you know, you would think that these teams would be able to score. You've got the two most mobile quarterbacks in the league going up against each other. You know, the defenses are both solid, but the Patriots has been definitely not as good as we expected, especially against the Jets on Monday night. I, I just, I don't know what to expect out of this one, aren't you? But I would expect that the Ravens would come into Foxborough and, and beat up on the Patriots after we saw the Patriots almost lose to the Jets. Yeah, I, I agree with everything. I like the over. Um, I think that that's, that line is light because I, I don't think that this Patriots defense is nearly as good as, you know, they were last year or that, you know, maybe they were earlier this year. I mean, you saw Flacco torch them on Monday night and really just give that game away to know, you know, like, I, I don't know that the Patriots deserve the credit for, for what Flacco did at the end of that game. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Baltimore, this is, this is a get right scenario for them in a big way. And um, I just don't know how new England kind of corrals what Lamar Jackson has going. And even if he's not what like we led the show with, even if he's not able to drive the ball down the field, I just don't know how the Patriots can score points with Baltimore in this. Yeah. I, I, just, I the, the Patriots look bad Damian Harris had an injury and they may get Sonny Michelle back, but that doesn't matter who's in that backfield. They, they mm-hmm. I, I know, you know, Myers had a big game on Monday night, 10 catches, 169 yards. I, but again, he's not, you know, this isn't, we're not talking about, you know, a legit one, number one receiver. There's just not enough weapons right now in New England. And you couple that with the defense playing as poorly as it's been, they don't scare me. They don't scare me. I think Baltimore's better than what they've been playing. I think that this is an opportunity in a primetime game for Lamar Jackson to prove that he's still got it. And I think that that's the, the task that he's set out to do. I think they cover. Uh, I think that uh, I agree with you with the over, but uh, I just, I think New England's bad. I don't think they're a good team Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, with Miami playing better, it's not like they've got like a bunch of easy wins at, you know, in the division anymore. I mean, they don't have any easy wins in the division anymore, minus the Jets. And that wasn't easy either. So I I mean, I, I don't know. I think that the Patriots are in a bad spot and, you know, it's impossible not to watch that game and think, are the Patriots considering mailing the rest of this season in, in classic Belichick fashion? I don't think they are, but it might, you know, it might help them strategically to do that because they, you know, their end game in this season doesn't feel like it's going very far. Agreed. But they surprised us before. All right, let's close it out That's with uh, with the Vikings-Bears. This is a terrible Monday night game, in my opinion. It is a division game. <laughs> These are rivals. 
But I'm just so sick of watching the Bears in prime time. And, you know, obviously they beat uh, Tampa Bay earlier in the year. They've had some 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 entertaining games from, like, keeping it close standpoint. Mm-hmm. But I just mm-hmm. – the Bears are just such a boring team to watch. Uh, but it'll be interesting. The one thing in this game that'll be interesting to, to me, not Foles because we know he's going to be bad, but can the Bears keep Dalvin Cook in check? Dalvin Cook's looked oh, amazing man. since coming back from injury off the bye. Uh, he, he's the number one fantasy player period right now, in my opinion, and I just don't know if he'll be able to keep that level of production up against the Bears, who have really kept a lot of running backs in check for the most part. Agreed. I I don't think this is going to be a great Dalvin Cook game, and for that reason, I like the under in this. Um, I, 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 Dalvin Cook, you're right. I, I don't think that there's any question that he's right this second, the number one player in fantasy, or, or certainly in the top three. And so, yeah, I the, the way they're going to him and the amount of workload they're giving him, they, he could have had another touchdown too there late, I believe, for the Vikings, but they gave it to, was it Amir Abdullah, I think, scored for yes. them? Um, which is just absurd, not even Alexander Madison. So, yeah, I, I like the Vikings are starting to play a lot better, though. If you look at their last few weeks, obviously it's it's the division, but being the Packers is a big deal for them. And, you know, they're not they're not completely dead yet either. So um, I do think that the Vikings, I, you know, the Bears are five and four, so they're obviously not dead, but they feel like the walking dead. I don't know if you've noticed that having watched them the last few weeks. <laughs> they're dead. They're dead. <laughs> They're They're dead. Dead. They don't even throw the ball to their best player. It's, it makes me sick watching them. Oh my god, they love Mooney. They just <laughs> Nick Foles has an obsession with Mooney. But you know Mooney uh, had more targets than Allen Robinson last week. This is crazy. That's and I mean, Montgomery's horrible. They terrible. Damn. Montgomery can't. He, I mean, he he might be out in this game too with a concussion. They might have to activate Lamar ja- uh, Lamar Miller off the practice oh. to play running back. They should they should activate Lamar Jackson if that's an option. For yeah, them. that was a bit of a misspeak. <laughs> Oh man, they're they're so screwed. But uh, yeah, Lamar Miller, hey, that that might be an upgrade from David Montgomery. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I like the Vikings. I, I think that it's it's a weird spot though. I don't love them as favorites on the road on Monday night um, because they do have flaws, especially defensively. But they seem more motivated, and like you said, like Cook is just that guy right now. I think the Vikings win. I think they cover. I do. I. I, I it's a low number. I'm, I was torn. I was going to say I like the under just because it's the Bears, but I could see this game being like 24-27, something like that. Hmm. So I'm, I'm not going to touch that, but uh, I will touch the Vikings. <laughs> 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 what the fuck? Am I Lizzo? <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> oh man alright well it's it's been a long show we're looking forward wow. to the week we, we didn't mention it but the Falcons Cowboys Chiefs Jets all on a bye uh, so that I'm sure is impacting your fantasy lineups hopefully we gave you some ideas it's week 10 we're in the books with talking about it we look forward to watching it aren't you anything you wanted to add no this is great enjoy the 3 o'clock window that's fun I like that they they balance it out a little bit yeah, so glad they flexed my Bengals to 3 o'clock. Cannot wait. Agreed. It's going to be a fun weekend. For Anshukana, I'm Josh Dunn. Our time has come to an end on the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. Have fun with Week 10. Mm-hmm.